2: Hello again and welcome back to the AFA podcast, the official podcast of animationforadults.com. I'm Chris and I'm joined as usual by Rachel. Hello there. uh, By Yvonne. Hello. Only this time we are a man down, we are a Dan down in fact, and instead (laughs) we have got a replacement, even though obviously Dan is irreplaceable. Uh, We have, joining us from Glasgow is Michael Collin, hello. Hey there, how you doing? I'm doing very well. Um, Michael is an animator and illustrator who went to the um, Edinburgh International Film Festival Animation Lab with Yvonne. you Just would like to introduce yourself a bit.
3: Yeah, <laughs> I think you've already done that. But um, no, I'm yeah freelance uh, illustrator and animator um, based in Glasgow, and um, I've been doing it for. Quite a few years, and um, I used to do comics, and naturally uh, evolved into animation. And um, yeah, that's uh, it's good to be here.
2: Well, thanks for coming. Good to have you. And later, we're going to we're going to delve into the um, Edinburgh Animation Lab experience a bit. Michael and Avon are going to talk us through. But before that, we've got our usual segments, and we're going to start off. Seeing as last time we didn't actually get to any of the questions that you people sent us we're gonna do it first so we don't run out of time our first question which is from xe 4 productions is what is your favorite animated movie and tv series which bit of a tough question it's a bit like asking me to choose my favorite child only <laughs> harder the only way i could possibly do this is to say this is my favorite Japanese animated movie or this is my favourite, Hollywood. So I'd say pretty much all the Studio Ghibli films is pretty much between My Neighbour Totoro and Princess Mononoke and Spirited Away. One of them. Uh, depending on what day you ask me one of them's my favourite. Uh, <laughs> and it's sort of the same with Pixar films. It's sort of between Up, WALL-E uh, Toy Story 3, obviously. Well all the Toy Story but particularly Toy Story 3 I think it's perfect.
3: Oh and, yeah.
2: Uh, How to Train Your Dragon films I think probably right up there as well and TV series well, it's obviously not as good as it used to be but there's The Simpsons is pretty much, I think at it's best is pretty much the best TV series at it's height probably Um, (laughs) um, not so much now maybe and not so much at the very beginning but sort of in between it was the best Um, and anime TV series Cowboy Bebop, easy uh,
0: yeah, hands down.
2: And probably favorite current TV series, sort of between Archer and Bob's Burgers. That's me. Thank
0: I you. haven't seen Bob's Burgers. Is that good?
2: Oh, I love it. It's great. Uh, it's interesting if you watch it after watching Archer, because it's it's John Benjamin again, doing the exact, oh. doing the exact same voice. Huh. Really? It, yeah. And there's that episode of Archer where it's like a Bob burger's crossover have you seen it i have not i'll Uh, have to
0: check that out sometime
2: he runs a burger bar and it's like got serious versions of all the characters from bob's burgers
0: cool
4: yeah
2: Yeah, anyway it's like got serious versions of all the characters from bob's burgers cool yeah Yeah, anyway so is it
0: my turn is it my turn to answer oh well okay um hmm, like you said it's it's really hard to pick like any one thing because i've just seen so much at this point but um uh, if you really had to twist my arm between like what's pl- what's what's going what's on right now and what's you know just old favorites um, if i had to pick my favorite disney movie it would probably be animated disney movie it would probably be lilo and stitch nah. and it was that i what well, it was funny because when i first uh, saw the trailers for that movie i completely wrote it off i thought it was just gonna be this really silly comedy but then it just turned out being this really amazing really heartfelt story with these uh with this really adorable family and i just it, i every single time i put it on i always get this you know really really super happy so that's definitely one of my favorite as far as disney's concerned what else favorite uh japanese film animated film you know obviously studio ghibli is Way up there, and if I had to pick that, I'd, uh, from that studio, I would say uh, Princess Mononoke mm-hmm. is my favorite because I really like the way they handled the whole, you know, split between you know the the people and the and the creatures of the forest, and the way they handled the whole environmental theme there. It was It was a lot more mature than saying you know nature is good and man is bad. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> mm-hmm. And favorite uh, uh tell animated series, I would have to say. Uh, Avatar: The Last Airbender,
2: the original uh, first three seasons. Is it okay if I admit I've never seen? Uh, well, I might have seen one episode actually. <laughs> you uh, you never
0: sat down and watched it? No. Ah, uh, one day, one day you should.
2: I've been meaning to because everyone says it's amazing, but I sort of watched one random episode and it wasn't it wasn't even like start. So that's never a good place to yeah. start, really. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's definitely was,
0: more I'm like series you to sit down and watch The end is usually
3: there. a good place to start. Oh yeah, and then if you think the end's good, <laughs> uh, I, I wouldn't suggest or recommend that. But.
2: It's an unconventional way of doing it, but I like it.
4: <laughs> no surprises.
2: <laughs> no, you'll know exactly how everything ends.
0: Um, I guess I guess that's under. Do I have to say like uh, Japanese animated series also? Because that's a whole other, whole other thing. Tough, but if I had to say favorite classic show is a t- close tie between uh, Dragon Ball and Yu Yu Hakusho and favorite modern anime series, Tiger and Bunny, hands down.
2: Ah, that's a very good show. Love I do, it. I do like that. Yeah.
4: Uh, uh Well, let's see. I... I think um, I mean I, I tend towards really liking uh, just independent animation. I mean, when I think about my favorites, I mean definitely all, all the, there are tons of really big studio movies I've seen, and then also because of those screenings, you know, I saw Pinocchio again, and that like oh, that was amazing. <laughs> it's like a whole new experience to see it on the big screen. Um, so I mean they're all sort of in separate categories, but but I mean like animated short films like uh like uh lavatory love story and um i'll send you links to these actually for the notes the uh, show notes but um lavatory love story is really terrific and um uh i don't know things like uh, uh wife of bath by joanna quinn and uh i don't know they're just so so many i mean i um the the pierce sisters i really love that short um Yeah, I don't know, I tend to... There's something really... Oh, Old Fangs, beautiful, beautiful short film um, by Cartoon Saloon. I mean, yeah, there's something kind of... I got to see that recently, actually. Isn't it beautiful?
0: It is amazing.
4: (laughs) Yeah, it's really beautiful. And, and, um, you know, there's just something kind of special about condensing a story down to a short. Um, I mean, we talked about this a lot in the lab, but it really is its own art form. And, And, yeah, I don't know, like, it's almost as though... Like, less ha- hands have touched <laughs> the original story, you know? <clears throat> and it's, I don't know, there's something kind of nice. So I, I tend to, those are kind of, I think, my favorite, uh, that's kind of my favorite genre, if, if it is one. Is it one?
2: <laughs> it, it, it's it's becoming its own genre, I think, and thank goodness for that. Yeah, I, th- I think animation shorts sure, have sort of made a bit of a comeback, really. I think partly because of the internet, and it's like easier to distribute things. Mm-hmm, and right. and also like the way the way Pixar and and Disney and a lot of the other studios have followed in there, they've just they put shorts before the main feature, which I really 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 like.
3: I always thought it was a really untapped resource. I mean, there must be I don't know how many more short animations than there are sort of feature length or series. And you know, I would have thought by now somebody would have, or a few channels would have popped up where. I had you know people programming hours or whatever it may be because you know so much just kind of disappears into the ether and you know it's
4: true
3: and you know it, it just seems like a, a waste in in so many ways but I have to agree I think just uh, being in Edinburgh the other week then the emphasis on short films being and um, you know be- being allowed to exist in their own right without being sort of stepping stones or precursors to making larger um, films or series and um, you know is important it's you know it's it's important to recognize that they are and um, things in their own right
2: yeah I think there's something very cool about short short films of any type really or you know even short stories just mm-hmm. that just that they exist in that small space and you've got a lot of more freedom really because if you're not trying to sustain a an hour or whatever if you just got a ten minute short. For
3: sure. And you lose the as sort of Yvonne touched upon you lose the, the sort of that single voice or vision or and and so many times it becomes diluted. Especially when you start talking about uh feature films or whatever it may be and you have such a huge team of people and ideas have to be, you know, filtered through until everyone's agreed upon it or, you know, there's there's just so much more freedom.
4: Right. Yeah, I mean, it's like the, well, it's like the blue sky and like 80 people and 80 is a lot, at least in my mind. 80 people working on Bunny, you know, the first short that uh, they made in, in the last, uh, an epic was like 800 or something, 800 people, six to 800 people. I mean, it's a big difference. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot more to organise.
2: Definitely. Okay. Uh, Michael, do you have a favourite animated movie or TV series you want to talk yeah, about? Yeah.
3: Um, I have to confess that I'm not... I, I don't watch a lot of animation, even though I am an animator. Um, I kind of came into it late and um, sort of came from, you know, my sort of cultural references probably aren't as deep-rooted as a... Well, particularly... In animation, as deep-rooted as a lot of probably the people listening to this, but um, I, I, I've, in terms of series, uh, I remember uh, probably a few years ago, a friend passed on Samurai Plu and Fully Cooly.
2: Uh, right, and those are
3: classics. They just, uh, particularly Fully Cooly, it was just this was just a beautiful thing, um, and and just you know for it to be six episodes, it was like. That's quite unique. Um, I, maybe it's not. I'm again. I'm. Uh, I'm not incredibly well versed, but um, and it, it just really sort of opened up my eyes. I mean, I've certainly seen a lot of the, the, the sort of Japanese classics, but um, uh, yeah, that was certainly one that I was like, ah, oh, that's yeah. Wouldn't it be good to do something like that? Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of um, sort of movies, I would say. Oh I yeah, mean, just I think instinctively the ones that you just think of immediately are the ones that stay with you. But um, Nightmare Before Christmas is always one that I, I just yeah. uh, I mean I love stop motion anyway, and um, and I just I, it's 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 up there. It really is. Um, and in terms of short movies uh, or short animations, um, that we, you know I think uh, Vincent as well. Um sort of Rick Heinrichs and Tim Burton. Um considering it was, you know, I think it was was it a student film um when they made it? Um it, it it's it's one that always sort of resonates with me. Um and yeah, I mean I I, I can't remember what the other compartments were, but uh,
0: <laughs> we were just kind of picking whichever ones like stood yes, out to us the most. But. Yes, whatever,
3: yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean I, I sort of Tokyo Godfathers, oh, and I love that I've always film.
0: wanted to see that. How was it?
3: Oh, it, it struck me as it was almost a lesson for live-action filmmakers. Um, very rarely do do I see a, an animated movie and think, Do you know what that that is? That is pretty pretty immense on many levels. Um, not only, I mean, the comedy. I mean, just the whole you know premise, but um the, the just the the cuts all of it, it it was like that's you know that's really taking filmmaking uh, you know excellent filmmaking and and really using that in a in an animated film but still make you know u- utilizing animation um you know in its best way and um, mm-hmm. yeah so hey, there you go yes.
2: I, I think take a godfather is very underappreciated actually I think it's a, a beautiful film. Um and also if you haven't you should look out look up basically all the films by that director, Satoshi Khan. Uh they're all fantastic and there's not many because he died five years ago tragically and um, Oh no. Yeah, um uh so there isn't many but he was like amazing. <laughs> so that's perfect blue, uh paprika oh Paprika's yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Tokyo Godfathers and Millennium Mattress is the other one and he did a TV series called Paranoia Agent that is also very much worth your time and I think probably I'd like to do a show on Satoshi Kon at some point because he's amazing and it's, it's going to be the anniversary of his passing soon so 5th anniversary All Right, uh, I think that answers those questions <laughs> So,
4: you know, it would it would be nice to uh, I mean, I was actually mentioned this a a few times um, at the lab, but um, we should probably put together a a list of some of these just I mean, for me, because I would like to see a list. But I mean, there are all kinds of, um, you know, Russian filmmakers and Polish filmmakers that I don't I know nothing about, you know. I mean, I don't know, or if uh, people who listen to the podcast have um, suggestions, because I know it's a sort of uh, an ongoing education mm-hmm. <laughs> finding, uh, finding animators and artists, you know.
2: It, um, Russian animation just makes me think of um, in The Simpsons when Itchy and Scratchy got cancelled or something and got replaced <laughs> by a, a Russian animator called Worker and Parasite. <laughs> <laughs>
4: I didn't
2: watch that movie. It <laughs> was
3: uh, when we're we're gonna. I'm gonna reference the animation lab a lot during this, but um, we, there was uh, is it Bill Purvis? Uh, uh, Barry, uh,
4: Barry Purvis, yeah.
3: Barry Purvis, oh yeah. Uh, he recently he showed one of his uh, recent commissions, which was by Russian TV, uh, and he said that it was one of the uh the, the smallest budget he'd had to work with, and he screened a lot of his work throughout the years uh and i, I thought his this most recent one about Tchaikovsky um was the, his best um I thought it was absolutely beautiful um and and it's really kind of it's sort of heartwarming <laughs> you know it's mm-hmm. sort of reassuring to hear that you know russian t v is commissioning this kind of work um, <laughs> Uh, it, you know, it may not be big budget, but I think big budget is disappearing from from animation, or from from what I understand. Unless you're, you know,
2: <laughs> yeah, DreamWorks, or
3: yeah, you know, unless you're knocking yeah. out something huge, then um, you know, but it was it was it was comforting to to see and to hear.
2: Yeah. Um, okay, and the next question we've got is. How is the anime community in the UK compared to the rest of the world? And that's from Shane Scalf on Twitter. And I guess I better field this one. Uh, It's basically... I don't think it's that different. Obviously, it's a lot smaller than in the US because there's a lot less British people than there are Americans because it's a much smaller country. And I think probably... A whole lot of states are actually bigger than the whole of the UK. I know Texas definitely is. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe California. I don't know. That's pretty big, isn't it? It's
0: more uh, lengthwise than widthwise as Texas. Okay. And, and
2: <laughs> Alaska. Yeah. Any, yeah. Anyway, uh, so obviously it's a lot smaller. So like in comparison, there's quite a few less. But um, the fan community's been going quite quite a while because. Uh, it sort of broke through in the mid-90s when basically when Akira came out and it was a big success so the company um, that released it set up Manga Video to release more anime and it sort of went from there and they're still around even now even though they're not called Manga Video anymore Mm -hmm. because obviously VHS is pretty dead at this point i think it's safe to say. Um, yeah, a little bit, I think yeah, so. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. You get digital videos. Yeah. But... <laughs> <laughs> um Yeah, they're still around and there's a, and at this point there's a few other labels. There's MVM who have been around quite a while as well, but there's a couple of newer ones. There's a company called Anime Limited who do really nice editions of things Um, they tried to become like the criterion of anime is what they suggested so they do these really classy editions that tend to be a bit more expensive but they're really gorgeous to look at and they get a lot of the impressive things like Perfect Blue and stuff like that and Cowboy Bebop and release them in really nice editions and then there's another company called Animatsu who are quite new and there's a couple of anime magazines there's NEO, which has been going about 10 years. And then there's My M Magazine, which is the one that I contribute to, which is obviously, of the two, is the one that you should you should buy. <laughs> I'm, totally, I'm totally unbiased. But um, totally. Um, totally. ah, uh, Yeah. <laughs> and there's quite a few... There's some major conventions every year. There's the, the MCM London Expo, and they have shows... It's not only anime. It's all comics and movies and everything. But they're all around. The, they've got one in the UK. They've got them all over the place. They've they've even got one in Dublin now. And, yeah. So it's pretty much the same. It's a bit smaller. And a lot of the time it, it basically relies on the American side. Because we have to wait for Americans to get it first. And then they sub-license it to the UK. But sometimes we get things a bit first. Like we got all the Ghibli Blu-rays before the Americans did. So we have to enjoy that while we can. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So that's about that. And then the other question from Adam Kemp on Facebook is how did you guys become so enthusiastic about animation?
0: Mm. Anyone? Well, um, I, I, I I guess I kind of talked about a little bit of that, uh, in our first podcast, uh, I just, you know, it was something I grew up with and the more and more I, you know, I saw as the years went on, like you know, when I, you know, from watching cartoons to going into um, you know, finding out uh, about Japanese animation when it was first being aired um in the west, I just uh became enamored with the fact that, you know, of how many different kinds of stories they could tell because I'm I'm a storyteller first and foremost. I mean, I wish I could do animation, but my drawing is shit. So <laughs> <laughs> it's like if you can't draw, then you can't. An- you certainly can't animate. But um, you know, even though I've- one day, one day I will learn how to do it. But uh, that was uh, that's something for another time. But uh,
2: animation needs writers too.
0: Yes, it yes right? it does. And uh, if that would, if I could say my ultimate dream would be, you know, writing for an animated series, then it it, it totally is. But as of uh, right now, I just have to work my way up there and learn more about the industry. But um, I don't know. It's just like it seems like animation, at least in terms of storytelling, can get away with a lot more. I mean, with uh, live action films, you know, they have to, you know, stay with they have to they have to work in within uh, the realms of uh, reality, at least with what they can shoot. But with animation, you know, you could have, you know, you could shoot like probably any any kind of sequence you can imagine just as long as you can draw it or um, bring space. it to life in some way in space yeah tattoo. To <laughs> I mean not that you can't have like live action movies in space either I mean Star Wars and Star Trek certainly prove that but um <laughs> but I don't know it's just it seems like there's a, a lot more freedom with what kind of uh you know what kind of tale you want to tell and I, I just that boggles my mind and I just can't get enough of it
2: yeah cool uh I pretty much same sort of thing I grew up with animation watched it from a very early age and then in sort of when I was getting a bit older I discovered this strange and wonderful world called anime and discovered that there's this whole other whole other sphere of animation beyond what we knew and fell in love with that a bit and then didn't really ever get out of it and Really wanted to go into it as as a career, and when I went to university and as as part of the module I just I um, studied animation and as I learnt more about it from an inside perspective, it, it only made me more interested, and I <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah and I've loved it ever since and I. Probably, if anything, I've got even more into it since I started the website and I'm sort of immersed in it all the time in the whole industry and the news and everything and I just think it's basically the ultimate type of cinema really because everything you have to create everything with with um live action film you, you know you've still got sets and people and but everything in animation apart from maybe the voices and the sound is you have to create yourself. So I think that's fascinating. And that's me. <laughs>
4: <laughs> cool. Evan? Um Well, I, I covered most of this in the um, yeah. last podcast, but, I mean, yeah. just the short version is that I um, studied painting, and it was really a way for me to sort of translate narrative paintings into, uh, you know, longer stories. I just, just re- realised I didn't know how to do it, and so I... Um, uh, started studying and um and got hooked <laughs> got really hooked and um and then the struggle began
2: <laughs> the continuous never struggle never ends <laughs> the struggle <laughs> you love it really you I don't do want it to end. I do love yeah. it
4: it's a sick group animated
2: <laughs>
4: <Yeah>. <laughs> but they're my clan so <laughs> stick with the clan that's right
2: <laughs> You're never late. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> Good. Uh, Michael,
3: uh, I similar to Yvonne, I studied painting um, at, at Glasgow School of Art, and to be honest, I wasn't really into uh, anime or animation, really, uh, not not to the level that you guys are. And uh, um, I've, i I went to uh, California Institute of the Arts uh, oh, cool. for about half a year and. Um, I sort of continued painting but I was encouraged, well, you're forced to do uh, go and study in other departments and uh, I uh, made. I sort of went and studied film and video and made about seven films while I was there and I came back to Glasgow and really sort of fell out of love with the world of art I always felt it was a bit elitist uh, very elitist and not accessible to people and so I Abandoned the high art and embraced the low art, and uh, went into yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> went, uh, went into comics, uh, comic strips, and it was published for about three years. And uh, we I, again, I wasn't really into comics, but um, a friend was like, "Do you reckon? Do you, you want to do this?" And I was like, "Yeah, go for it." Um, and so for three years, we ripped the piss out of Glasgow DJs and the whole club culture. Is it an
2: independent thing? Also?
3: Yeah, it was published yeah. in uh, you know a, a sort of yeah you know, third tier uh, time out style magazine, and uh, um, and you know when you're drawing, you're you're effectively with comics, you're storyboarding as much as anything. Um, yeah. I figured, well, if I could do a few more drawings in between, I could bring it to life, and um and with comics uh you know you again coming at it from a somebody who didn't read comics i was i've when i was a kid i used to love looking at the pictures of simon bisley and uh but never really got into them that heavily Um so i kind of uh yeah we we sort of embraced the whole comic thing and with comics comes toys um and i so i sculpted toys and um and then, um, sort of, stop motion really sort of popped up because it in, encompassed all of the things that I love doing. I, just uh, on a side note, a lot of my stuff is two D, but three D is really what I want to be doing. Um, and so, from from story to character design to, especially with stop motion, the whole film side of it, you know, being able to position cameras, lighting, creating sets, um, the whole the whole all of it, all of the stuff that I love doing um yeah so that was kind of that was my in and um you know that's that's pretty much where I am now um but you know it's 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 so there are so many different skills um that you can bring to it and uh yeah you you get to create your own world and that's uh You know, I mean that's pure escapism, um, and you know we all have to deal with with life, and uh, it's one way of you know um, channeling that at least. So yeah,
2: yeah, Yeah, cool. Uh, I'm gonna move on to a bit of discussion of the news that's been going on in the animation world recently. Uh, And one thing that happened was there was a couple of trailers released uh, about Dragon Ball uh, because there is. Two things are happening. One is that the film Resurrection of F is coming out um, in America, and that's the trailer for that's just been released. And I know you had some thoughts on that, Rachel, didn't you?
0: Yeah, uh, primary thought is being I cannot wait for it to come out. Please <laughs> let it come out. Please let it come out. I need to go see it because <laughs> I was so excited when I heard that um, that the the Japanese uh, premiere was actually in the US also that they actually ha- I saw a bit of the um that how what they had of uh, that event um when it was released and you know the stuff that happened before they saw the film and after and it was it was so cool to see that if they premiere they had the directors there they had you know a whole bunch of other really cool events and so now I'm just really looking forward to seeing how the because uh, they did a great job with the Battle of God so I'm looking forward yeah. to seeing how they handle this one
2: yeah, I thought Battle of Gods was great. Actually, um, I've sort of got an interesting uh, relationship with Dragon Ball in that I actually prefer original Dragon Ball with like the adventure and stuff to Dragon Ball. I don't know whether I'm supposed to say Dragon Ball Z or Dragon Ball Z because I'm British. I say Z. But I, I say what... Z. I know you do. I don't know <laughs> what the Japanese say.
4: Z. No,
2: I don't know. Yeah. Z.
3: <laughs> I think, but World War Z kind of puts an end to that, right? You can't, you can't say World War Z because you. I
2: know a lot of people who did, and, I, and in that case, I'm going to with Z because it ruins the joke. It's World War Three, World War Z. Uh, it's the only way it works. But, but uh, with Dragon Ball, I'm not sure, uh, <laughs> so that's why I normally just refer to it as Dragon Ball just to um, avoid any problems. Yeah, um, and anyway, I prefer. Dragon Ball to Dragon Ball Z stroke Z and <laughs> I think that kind of battle of gods felt a bit more to me like old school Dragon Ball in a way I don't know maybe it's just me no it's I...
0: it's it's not just you it definitely had a lot of um Dragon Ball's humor because that was when you know when Dragon Ball first came out that was the genre it was going it was it was an adventure um you know adventure slash action comedy series so yeah. But then, when, definitely, when Z came out, that tone shifted a, quite a bit. I mean, there was still there was still comedy to be had, but not definitely a lot more emphasis on the action.
2: Yeah, it's not. I don't like the action. It's just my preference is for the other stuff, and I felt that the there was a lot of that in Battle of Gods. The uh, bit, but well, a lot of both, really. Yeah. And I just thought it was really well done, and I thought it was like just sort of a perfect thing for fans of the franchise, really. And to do that after so many years, because a lot of things, they come back and they're a disappointment, and they came back and they just hit it out of the park. So, yeah, I'm interested in seeing what this next movie is as well. Uh, And then the other thing is there's the new TV series, Dragon Ball Super. And (laughs) there's the trailer for that as well. Uh, Bit bit
0: more of a teaser, definitely, Mm -hmm. since we can't really get too much into what this actual series is going to be, but from what they've uh, mentioned, at least so far from this trailer, it, I am definitely intrigued about where it's going to go. Because yeah. it seems like it's going to be, because um, they they hinted at in the Battle of Gods movie that when Beerus was talking to Goku, saying that, you know, I'm just, I'm not the only God of Destruction. There's a whole bunch of different dimensions, each one having their own God of, Destrux- God of Destruction. Goku's like, <laughs> I would like to fight all of them. <laughs> new challenges
2: that is obviously a good way to um, blow it open because original Dragon Ball goes to space and stuff so this can then go in the dimensions and introduce whole new worlds and stuff but the interesting thing is Dragon Ball Super started on Japanese TV this morning did it, Uh, oh my god and there's no there's no um, there's no confirmation of it being released in English which is kind of crazy, but I imagine there's a lot of people after it, and I kind of feel like they'll probably try and get it on on Toonami or something. Mm -hmm. But I think they probably should have done it already, because like with Space Dandy, they got that dubbed at the same time as it was being made, and it premiered in America before it was on in Japan. So they can do that if they want to. Mm -hmm. And I just think they've missed a trick, because... Some people seem to have been watching it. I'll just say that uh, I don't know how they could possibly have done that. Seeing that perhaps they've got Japanese TVs. So we just possibly it's possible, <laughs> or they might have used other methods. Have
3: you watched any of the the Dragon Ball series in Japanese at all? No, I mean I'm I I don't I haven't watched any of it. But uh, just out of curiosity, because I find dubbing is a big issue. <laughs> and um you know, obviously when you watch something when you're watching a subtitled film, you uh you don't you know your your eyes obviously mostly at the bottom of the screen, um or certainly a lot of the time. But the the, the characters are very different. And I mean I know I think I imagine there's been sort of big leaps in uh voiceover but uh, often I find sort of English language vo- uh, like voiceovers are really quite difficult to uh, and I think there's sort of a disconnect uh, I find
2: But they're a hell of a lot better than they used to be. Right. I oh know that heck yeah, that it was actually
0: around the time where um it, with Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z, especially like the um the now Titan uh dubbing company uh, Funimation was still just trying to find their feet. And um if you do look go back and look at the old you know Back what the dub used to be, compared to what, you know, stuff like they've done with uh, Dragon Ball Z Kai when they re that, and how they've handled, you know, not just line, de- line delivery, but also the way they translate, you know, from the original script, is very, very different, like, there are definitely a lot more, like, American-based, like, puns and jokes and stuff that, you know, only a Western audience would get. Whereas probably with the Japanese, I mean, I haven't really, I haven't, I'm only really seen a little bit of like, say, both Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z in the uh, Japanese, but um, yeah, it's just definitely like they would have to make sure that if, if and when there's humor, that it's their jokes that can you know still carry over into the uh, to the audience. For sure.
4: Yeah, I think we <laughs> we touched on this at one point. I think maybe in an earlier conversation, um, but. I know, for me, uh, um, that movie, A Cat in Paris, really, <laughs> I, like, I saw the dub version, and then I saw a version with subtitles, and I, I don't know, it was very different. I, um, <laughs> I don't know, I, it was, I mean, it, it was, the, uh, the voice acting was really great and everything, but, the, yeah, the choices that were made sort of made me cringe a little bit.
2: We've actually got, they, it doesn't happen very often, but there's two different dubs, there's an American one and an English one, uh, or British one, and... I watched I watched the um, British one on Blu-ray and I, I rented it and that was terrible. The dub, yeah. it was horrible. Yeah, um, <laughs> I haven't seen the American dub, but um... she should get the
3: Germans to do it. I had uh, an ex-girlfriend oh, yeah. who's from Germany, and up until a certain age, I think until she moved here, she thought so many American movies were German, like, which I thought that's that's. That's pretty immense, i mean you know, i, <laughs> I it, you'd need to learn German obviously but uh there's, there's theres there's a real art to dubbing, which is uh something of yeah it's i'm sure there's uh, there are people out there doing it well um mm-hmm. but sure any, it's very I...
0: tricky from what from what I know of it it's it is very it is very tricky, especially like I said earlier when you have to adapt humor. When it's originally, you know, say a, a Japanese, like, word pun off of a, you know, like, off of, you know, a particular first way you say a word can mean absolutely something different. And just trying to, like, basically change that so you could do a, you could still do a joke, but often, but obviously for a different audience. <laughs> but um, even some of, the, like, different interpretations of the lines, at least I know with um, Dragon Ball Z, I remember there was one instance where they um they did have to change around a good deal of the lines to make, you know... I think what was it? What was it? It was a scene where I think it was just at the end of the very first like major uh, saga where uh, one of the, the primary antagonists at the time, Vegeta, was actually leaving or trying to escape with his life after losing the battle. And um, Goku's uh, in the dub original excuse was of letting him go was, you know, just to show mercy so that maybe that this person would, you know, show mercy also at you know, at some point, like learn the value of it. Whereas in the Japanese, basically, Goku's only reason for letting him go is like, I want to fight him again. (laughs) (laughs) Goku has a one-track mind.
2: Yeah, I don't really like it when they rewrite stuff too much. It completely changes the meaning.
4: And that's the thing, like, is it really... I mean, maybe it's the only thing to say, but, I mean, is it really necessary? I mean, aren't some of these subjects... and I mean, I don't know. I mean, is the audience really not going to get it? Is it that confusing?
0: I don't, I don't know. It was, at least, as far as that choice is concerned, I really—I mean, you would—we'd probably have to talk to someone from you know who is who was involved right. in that decision to really right. know why they did it. But I don't know. I guess they—they they maybe probably were just like sitting in the room and looking at the original dialogue. It's like, man, that's kind of that's really silly reason to let him go.
2: <laughs> I think they were—they were also doing it to show it on TV in America, like that
0: on,
4: too on tsunami
2: mm-hmm. or whatever. So they there are certain standards and stuff that they have to have to um, adhere to for that, so it might have been, we can't suggest that he wants to fight, oh no
0: <laughs> he just um, wants peace and love
2: Yeah, it's interesting that Dragon Ball Super wasn't announced this past weekend because there was the big convention Anime Expo in Los Angeles where lots of news was announced um, and the big surprise for a lot of people is a really old-school anime sci-fi series called *The Legend of the Galactic Heroes* is being released, and that was kind of—it's one of those anime that people never thought would actually come out in English because it's like at this point it's really old, it's like 80s and 90s at the at the most. It's uh, like 100 episodes or more, and it came out on video, and it's supposed to be like really. I think it's pretty much like the West Wing in space kind of thing. It's, <laughs> that's kinda cool. it's kind of cool. It's it's a lot of space politics and stuff. It's not like all big explosions, and it's based on a series of novels. And you hear lots of people going on about how great it is, but it was never licensed. So obviously, I don't know how anyone could have seen it. um But yeah, that's being released by um, Sentai, and that was a surprise. And. A bunch of anime, well, old school classics like Death Note and New Tana are going to be released on Blu-ray for the first time.
0: That's going to be cool. I'm looking forward to that.
2: Uh, and also, the anime Parasite is going to be showing on Toonami. Uh, that's been quite a popular show. Uh, it's but it's based on an anime, I mean manga that was quite a few years ago. It was like late 90s, and I think it finished in the mid 2000s. So it's kind of weird that they have adapted it now, and it is. Uh, if you haven't heard about it, it's basically these alien parasites come down and they um, they take over humans' heads and then they go around and eat other people. But the main character, he had um, headphones on when the alien came to try to eat him, so it went in his hand instead. He uh, does. Does
0: he get superpowers? Let's ask. Does, does he get superpowers?
2: No. He. Well, we yeah, are sort of. Uh basically he goes around with a hand and the hand becomes right. his, his friend and he fights. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. That, that sounds play. like
0: another anime that I watched a a while back, but it was a completely different genre. Is that the one about the little the little um
2: puppet one? Pu- little
0: puppet one. I'm not sure if it's, a, it's a, it was a puppet because it was actually it, it was a very, very strange show. It was a it was a rom com actually. Um <laughs> yeah, but... Where someone gets shrunk down
2: and put on his hand. Was that?
3: Yes,
0: uh, that one. Was that, oh,
3: to the hand one.
2: <laughs> I can't remember what it's called. You're talking about Evil um, Dead? Midori Days, I believe, is the name <laughs> of the title of that anime. Okay. No, not Evil Dead.
4: But... <laughs> um, Parasite played at the Edinburgh uh, International Film Festival. Oh, yeah, they,
2: they did live action. There's two part live action mm-hmm. movies. And actually, years ago, there was going to be um, Hollywood versions of that. Like James Cameron was was talking about doing it, and then at another point, seriously? Yeah, and another. Well, he's talked oh. about doing lots of things that he's never done. <laughs> um, and and then Jim Henson Company were going to be involved in it, and then the rights went back to Japan and they did it themselves, and they did a two-part film, and yeah, that showed at Edinburgh. Uh, but the and then they did an anime series recently. And that's going to air on Toonami in America, apparently.
0: Very cool. I'll have to tune in. I mean, it sounds sounds different, but interesting.
2: And the other big story from Anime Expo is the return of Tokyo Pop. Seriously? Yes, they're making a comeback. Uh, If you don't know, Tokyo Pop were basically uh, sort of around the mid-2000s. They were the biggest English-language manga publisher. They basically pretty much pioneered the idea of um, unflipped manga that was cheap that was in bookshops and you could buy it in America, you could buy it in the uk you could buy it all over the place and used to and before they came along, manga was really expensive and yeah. it, and it was unflipped it was in I mean it was flipped so they, you read it the normal way that you read it. English language comic and Tokyo pop came along and they decided not to do that in the name of authenticity and cheapness. Yeah. I
0: think I definitely have, um, I think I still have uh, manga volumes in my, uh, in my collection that still have the Tokyo, the Tokyo pop logo. So I'm a Yeah. They were, that was way back a long time ago.
2: Yeah. And they went away basically because all the Japanese companies got in on it themselves and started publishing their own stuff and tokyo pop lost all their licenses pretty much and wow. all all they did was original english language manga which is not really manga but mm-hmm. that's what they had um and basically they had a bit of a reputation because they didn't pay people they based most of the creators were pretty young and Tokyo Pop came, you know, gave them the opportunity to publish, and they gave away all their rights and everything, and so quite a peop- quite a lot of people are still quite peed off with Tokyo Pop, and now they're coming back, and they basically haven't really got a lot of licenses because all the Japanese companies have published them themselves, so they're going to have to get um, small indie labels and stuff like that, or original English language manga. <laughs> still isn't really manga, <laughs> but that's kind of a big deal i guess they're coming back
0: yeah i mean um it definitely it will be interesting to see if they uh if they take off again quite like 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 they used to or if they've uh changed their tune from how they used to operate but but it's it's very much a wait and see kind of thing that just you know see if they uh if they reach the numbers that they did back when they were uh they were big with terms of manga. Or what kind of titles that they can get their hands on?
2: That is the question. But they are doing some sort of app thing where you it's like user-submitted comics. You can upload them yourself. And the users get some of the advertised, advertising revenue or something like that. That's their big new innovation. That's kind of cool. Well, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's definitely a wait-and-see yeah, kind of topic.
2: Yeah, because they, they haven't got the best reputation, Tokyopop. But... No. Let's give them the benefit of the doubt, and I don't know, maybe it'll be all right. Who knows?
0: Maybe they'll surprise us.
2: Yeah. And that's pretty much the news. The Well, the other thing, the one other story is that Funimation are going into co-production, which I think was kind of, they were talking about ages ago, but there's some series coming out, and they've put money into it, and this is the first time they've done it, uh, which is kind of a big deal, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I mean, lots of people used to do that back in the day, but Funimation haven't done it before, as far as I know. So we'll see how that pans out. It's probably a good idea for them.
0: Yeah, expand, keep expanding where they can.
2: And one of the other news stories that we published this week was um, that Attack on Titan, the live-action movies, is coming to the Americas. And I say the Americas because they say. Uh, America, Canada and South and Central America apparently, which is different. Uh, but That is quite a, literally almost all yeah. of the
0: Americas. Yeah. Mm. Are you a fan of Attack on Titan, Rachel? I most certainly am. I yeah. uh, I've watched all yeah. of the first season of the show and I am trying to keep up with the manga where I can.
2: Yeah, it is a very, very good show, I'd say. And it's It's just got its own mood, I think. The first time I watched it, it just blew me away because it's so intense. Oh yeah, that that the
0: intensity is definitely, definitely what makes the show one of the why it's so popular because it just it once it starts it doesn't stop it just keeps going.
2: (laughs) Yeah, and it's just relentless. And uh, that doesn't sound very fun, but it is. (laughs) Um, And uh, they're doing some Japanese live action movies of it, and they are coming out in America via Funimation at some point
0: mm-hmm.
2: by the end of the year
0: if you're a fan of like giant monster movies or just monster movies in general and the kind of intensity that you can get from those kind of films and that kind of genre then attack on titan is definitely for you because it's that it, it it feels like one of those kind of uh those shows mm-hmm. but also has has kind of like a deeper layer to it a deeper uh, mystery that we're that's the uh i think even the manga is still trying to tackle but and, or at least trying to hint at but we we'll, are getting there slowly and uh slowly but surely and i I think uh believe there's supposed to be a second season coming out at, also within
2: the relative future it's coming out in like twenty seventeen or something it's or maybe it's twenty sixteen but it's it's not for a while anyway, and it's it's interesting because last week we were talking a lot about anime series and their problem with filler, yeah. Whereas this is a case where they've just gone, we're going to make one series, see how it does. And, you know, it was pretty much perfect. And then they're going to do another season in a couple of years. And rather than just, you know, they could be knocking it out every week and it would lose so much. So I'm glad they're not doing that. <laughs> okay. Yeah.
0: I mean, from what I know of the manga, it's definitely good that they're taking their time with it because if you thought the what they, what they handled in the um, first season was serious, oh, boy. The second season's got a lot to cover.
2: I think the movies look kind of fun. They they look the monsters look suitably freaky and stuff. So,
0: yeah, as the, as they are supposed to, which is yeah. thank goodness for that. That attention to detail is uh I hope is they handle that well. And so far from what we've seen of the trailer, it looks like at least the the largest titan that you get to see at the very beginning of the series looks like he's supposed to, so I'm excited.
2: Now, here's an interesting thing though. A while ago, Apparently Sony registered a bunch of domains that were like Attack on Titan related. So I kind of thought that maybe they were going to release the movies in English. But obviously Funimation have got the rights. So it makes you wonder why Sony... And it was Sony's movie. It wasn't Sony Games. It was Sony Movies, I think. So are Sony working on a big Hollywood production version? I don't know.
0: Oh, boy. Um... Yeah, I don't know either, and on all honesty, it's making me a bit nervous.
2: <laughs> but there's also the chance that, because um, they've done animated movies that were, I think they're compilations of the series that have come out in Japan, so it might be something to do with that. I don't know, perhaps Sony have poached them from innovation. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, yeah. And there was one, we talked a lot about trailers last week, but we forgot one that I wanted to talk about, and that is Kung Fu Panda Three, which is finally coming out next year. Yes. Yes.
0: Skadoosh and all that.
2: It feels it feels like a long time since the last Kung Fu Panda movie. Uh, it, it has been a couple, uh, at least a couple years. Um, and I absolutely love the first one, and I like the second one, but I realised that I haven't seen it since it came out. And I should probably change that. But
0: yeah, you probably should. It's one of those movies. that's definitely worth rewatching more than once at home.
2: I don't know why I haven't watched that, but the first one I've watched lots of times, and I know some people didn't like the second one as much. But I remember thinking it was good.
0: Really? Because I I've, I have the exact opposite opinion. Most people I've seen uh, who I've talked to about that movie, actually, you know, lo- love the first, love the first one, really good, and then absolutely adore the sequel because it's it's got a ton of improvements on the uh, on the first one at least from my perspective
2: yeah I definitely have to rewatch it because like I said I only watched it when it came out but the third one uh, it's got his Poe's father in it played by Brian Cranston which is <laughs> gonna be interesting uh, yeah interesting again, casting choice <laughs> again it's really a teaser it's because it's not coming out till early next year um so there's not a whole lot to say about it really just yeah concrete panda Three, yay
0: well there's (laughs) uh well there's i've only i've heard some of the synopsis like i've uh read a couple articles in the paper um talking about like kind of a bit of a plot synopsis because i mean like i said the teaser the teaser trailer itself doesn't really give too much but what they've been uh able to divulge uh, about the basic plot is obviously yes um poe does meet his biological father and um he does go back with him to the other you see the other pandas in their own village and basically learn about what their what life is like for them since he's lived away from them for so long and um what else i think there's also talk of an uh poe being set up for an arranged marriage with one of the uh panda <laughs> Pandas in the Village, yes, <laughs> and um, I thought that was uh, it was really interesting, especially the casting choice for his uh, fiance. I I feel terrible that I cannot remember her name, but I remember seeing her uh, in um, oh gosh, uh, Pitch Perfect. She was one of the primary characters in that.
2: Oh, is it Rebel Wilson?
0: Yes, Rebel Wilson, the, the oh, Australian. <laughs> yes, she She has been cast as uh, Poe's fiance, arranged fiance. Awesome. And yeah. um, one la- like one last to wrap up the plot summary is like a I think of like an ancient evil like a spirit of some kind basically comes back and starts terrorizing the uh, pandas and basically Poe has to has to start training the other pandas in martial arts because it doesn't seem like they've really been with it or at least they've they haven't really uh, been involved in too much kung fu and at least not in their culture so he actually has to train them to defend themselves. <laughs>
2: It's kind of the whole point of the whole franchise is that he's an unlikely kung fu master, so it makes sense that the other pandas are just as unnatural. <laughs> really, yeah.
0: Yeah, it kind of, it, it kind of fits, and it would be really cool to see him actually in a mentor role for a change, since he's always he's been this for the past uh, past couple films. He's been more of the student, but uh, as of the sec the sequel, he kind of moved away from that, and now he's going to be. Uh, Who's going to be actually teaching? Good evolution of a character.
4: (laughs) I have to rewatch those. Um, The I just you know what sticks out for me is that bridge scene. Remember how amazing that was? The animation in that.
0: Oh yeah, when the um, Furious Five are uh, fighting uh, Mm -hmm. the antagonist on the
2: bridge.
4: Oh, so good! (laughs) The animation's so good.
2: Yeah, it's it's a really good martial arts film, basically. (laughs) Even though it's a panda. And it's animated.
4: Yeah. <laughs> it just is a decent martial arts film. It really is. Oh, and that whole scene, yeah, where he's... Yeah, it's coming back to me. I have to rewatch both of so.
2: those.
0: <laughs> you're having, you're having uh, Kung Fu Panda uh, flashbacks. I am right now.
2: <laughs> uh, but it's yeah. Some of the best types of flashbacks you can have, to be honest.
0: Well, yeah, because it's got great action sequences, and uh, one of the... Like you said, it's great, great Kung Fu movie, not just through the action sequences also, but a lot of the... they with the way they handle a lot of the various philosophies like um the uh first film was uh the power of belief and especially in believing in yourself which is very you know uh which is very in line with that and also um the sequel was uh conquering your own conquering yourself and your uh your past before conquering your enemy
2: and it's also about awesomeness that too. <laughs>
0: And
4: it had Skeetish. really great turtle movement. The, the mouth, uh, that sort of <laughs> those mouth movements of the the old uh, master uh, kung fu master turtle. <laughs>
0: yeah, uguay I believe is his character name.
4: That's yeah. That was amazing too. All that act, all that uh, all those acting choices and the sort of subtle shaking that they uh, added to the the mouth and the hands. Really amazing.
0: I actually looked at the um, the cast of the 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 cast that they have set up for Kung Fu Panda three and I actually saw Oogway's, um actor was in the cast so they mm-hmm. I obviously we can't have uh, with the way uh, the movies have been he, he he's not going to come back or anything but he he might be at least in like a flashback of some kind
4: oh nice nice
2: and I also see J K Simmons was he in any of the last ones I can't remember J K
0: Simmons
4: new... um... he,
2: might, he might be the villain in the new one possibly.
0: He's Actually yeah, I think that was um I think he was cast as the villain uh for for this movie.
2: Cuz I was trying to work out who who was the villain on this list.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, that is probably <laughs> that's probably him. I have to double- I have to double check to be sure. Don't quote me on this. But it sounds it sounds and I remember I think I remember seeing something like that, but like I said, I, my memory's a bit fuzzy.
4: <laughs> the... It's a pretty... huh. from Whiplash? Yeah. Cool.
2: And J Jonah jameson from the spider-man movies the, yeah that guy um yeah it's the teaser's pretty good it's got a little bit of action and then it got a bit of comedy and it's quite funny that bit with the where he blatantly can't tell that it's his dad um
0: that's the joke
2: yeah don't want to give it away to anyone but that's <laughs> it's a joke um that is pretty much one of the best jokes in the whole franchise, the fact that he just can't tell that he's adopted <laughs> when he's a panda and his dad is a goose. They, they 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 make that joke a
0: lot and um and they elaborate on that a little bit more in the sequel, obviously, when when he makes the ro re- he the revelation actually happens and Poe just goes, I knew it It's like what it's like, you knew? How did you know? It's like Dad, I I mean, look at us
2: <laughs> Yeah, but I'm, yeah, I'm definitely on board because the other movies are great. And it's probably, I guess, probably my second favorite DreamWorks animation franchise behind the How to Take the Dragon, I'd say. Yeah. I mean, what else is there, really? Shrek? <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, Shrek. And I think, um, well, there's there, as far as a franchise goes, Shrek is the only other uh, DreamWorks franchise. Uh, films oh. that I know. There, I mean, I've seen plenty of other DreamWorks films like um, the Prince of Egypt and uh, uh, Spirits Down to the Cimarron, but you know, there are 2D features. But as far as like the big, big uh, film franchises, those are some of the big, one, bigger ones
2: that they uh, have. It's the Madagascar movies, but yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah,
0: funny, <laughs> funny movies. That uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say they're my favorite.
2: Yeah, they're not the best. Best bits of the penguins, obviously. But other than that, uh, I can take them and leave them. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So that's pretty much our news segment dealt with. So now it's time for us to talk a bit about some stuff we've been watching. And in my case, um, well, seeing as we were talking about DreamWorks, I shall start by saying I started watching couple of episodes of the um the dragons spin-off series race to the edge which is oh. a netflix exclusive and uh i wasn't overly impressed to be honest really uh, um i've only seen like a couple of bits of the dreamworks tv stuff and to be honest i haven't been too impressed because it just feels like they're content to make them as kids shows, whereas the movies there's there's much more to that. And obviously the animation isn't gonna be as impressive on TV.
4: Right. Uh, mm-hmm.
2: You can't expect it to be. But when you've seen like How to Take the Dragon, how amazing it looks and the Yeah in the movies and then you go to this T V series. I mean, I suppose, you know, it looks fairly impressive for T V but uh the, I, I couldn't get over that too much. But the big problem is just the writing's not that great, and it's just, it just feels like a kid's show, really. That's Whereas, a
0: shame. That's a real shame. Because I remember when I, because uh, at least compared to some of the other uh, television series based off uh, DreamWorks property or DreamWorks uh, film franchises, like uh, I've, I've seen The Penguins, I've seen Madagascar, I've seen uh, the Kung Fu Panda television spinoff. And um, I even watched like a little bit of the very first uh, uh, "How to Tame Your Dragon" television series. At least out of the three of those, "How to Train Your Dragon" was definitely a better. Sh- uh, it seemed like a better show to me than the other t- than the other two. So I was kind of hoping that maybe since they could, uh, they were going to be leading up to the events of uh, the second movie that they would try to do a bit more than what they did. But that's that's a real shame to see. That's just another kids' show.
2: Uh, I think it, you know it does expand the world and everything but it's not the people who write the movies it's separate people and it's just it's all right it's not horrible it's just it's a bit disappointing to me really anything else i uh, yeah i was able to finish watching an anime series called bodacious space pirates <laughs> <laughs> oh yes i saw that review <laughs> yes yeah, it's, fu- it's it's a fun show uh it's I think, kind of, the title, you might think, hey, it's these British babes in space," <laughs> but it's actually, it's much it's much sort of sweeter and gentler than that because it's about a girl who discover, in space, obviously, who discovers that her father, who she never met, was actually a space pirate in space, and um, he's passed away in space, um, and she finds out basically she's inherited a a pirate ship in in space space, in in space space. (laughs) yeah that's fantastic so she has to learn how to be a space pirate and carry on her her studies that's great wow
0: (laughs) thank you for continuing that joke
2: well everything sounds better in space
0: (laughs) yes definitely
2: and I it's it's daft and silly but it's fun frothy fun basically and there's no reason for the pirates to dress up like you know army hearties type pirates in space but they do and i don't care it was just fun
0: it's, it kind of sounds like um what was it the um the one disney movie i watched that of uh, their 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 take on uh, sci-fi uh tr- uh treasure island
2: treasure planet treasure planet yeah. kind of
0: sounds it kind of sounds a little bit like that if you're if you if you say that they're all like dressing up like pirates in space <laughs>
2: Yeah, there's there's no reason to do it apart from the fact it's fun, so who cares? Everyone likes pirates, and <laughs> everything's better in space, so yeah. So it's like
0: I, one it's like One Piece meets Cowboy Bebop.
2: Yeah, I totally watch that. So would I? Everyone would watch that. <laughs> Somebody make that happen.
0: Somebody in the animation industry, please make that happen.
2: Kickstarter. Yeah. I know what I'm doing later. Uh, Right So other than that um, It's not Strictly Well it isn't It is an animation But I did just want to say That I had the misfortune this week To watch the recent Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles film
0: Oh no
2: Oh god I am so sorry
0: for your loss (laughs) The lost hours of your life That you will never get back
2: I, I wasn't expecting much to be honest uh yeah it's terrible it's just it really feels like somebody's gone hey what do what the kids like today uh they like the internet so let's make the the teenage mutant ninja turtles use the internet only they don't really sound like teenagers but they sound <sighs> about 40 and... <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> that's been a cu- even even with like some of the other uh incarnations of like the Teenage Mutant Turtles that they've always tended to be more mature but only recently like, like I know with the um, Nickelodeon cartoon they actually have them look and behave like actual teenagers it's like well it's about damn time
2: <laughs> and they just look hideous they just, <laughs> just oh, that... don't give children nightmares they're horrible yeah
0: I I kind of avo- tried to avoid that movie and just not give it the time of day because I, I just remember when, I, when it was first coming out I just Thought it was a terrible idea, and I never wanted to see it, and I probably never will see it.
2: I'd advise that. Yeah. I think I was drunk
3: <laughs> when I watched it, so I, I can't remember. But uh, <laughs> I don't think I'll be going back and watching it again after after your <laughs> sordid reviews.
2: Yeah.
0: yeah, just like see what food difference between when you're watching it when you drink and watching it when you're not drinking. See how see how that, how that turns out.
2: <laughs> but then you have to watch it again.
0: <laughs> uh that's true. And I wouldn't have, and I wouldn't wish that on anyone.
2: I will say it's probably better than the Transformers movies, but that's uh, not really saying anything. Uh, well,
4: did you enjoy it drunk? <laughs> I mean, that's a I different kind of record. I must <laughs> oh, oh, oh.
0: <laughs> it's one of those things where you just no, nope, you can't recall <laughs> nothing. Nothing
4: stood out. I, I mean,
3: I remember reading the comic strip when it first came out, or the comics, and yeah, I mean, the artwork was amazing. Um, but yeah, as soon as vanilla ice came into the equation, I think <laughs> I sort of lost interest. Even at the age of I don't know, whatever <laughs> sort of young teenage age it was. But...
0: Yeah, that was. Uh, if I, as far as movies go, there's it's. it's I besides the very first one, it's really I love hard that movie. Yeah that 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 movie was amazing. If only to be like a beautiful time capsule of that time period, but um. I don't know. The only other movie that had the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in it that I actually kind of liked, besides the original live action one, was the um, the one that came out, I think it was in 2007?
2: The CGI oh, yeah, the, movie? Yeah, that was by a animation company that didn't last very long. Yeah. They Magic a Magi or something. I think they were based in Hong Kong. And they basically did that. And they did the Astro Boy movie. Yeah. Which was, it was alright actually. It wasn't amazing, but no. it, w- it was—it was a pretty fun movie. But it didn't do very well, so they went bust. I think.
1: But yeah. It's
2: a shame because they were—they had some interesting ideas planned. They were going to do a movie of the old anime series Battle of the Planets. Ah. It's, and they released like a, a teaser trailer, and it was pretty badass. And I would like to have seen that, but it was not to be.
0: Ah, oh, sad. Sad face.
2: Yeah, sad panda. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So that is my traumatic experience watching that film. Again, I'm sa- so sorry. I would not recommend that to anybody ever. <laughs> and yeah, that's what I've been watching this week. All right. So, Rachel.
0: Um. Well, quite a few things I've actually been watching this week. Um. Well, I'll start with. Uh, I'm going to plug my review what i recently uh I recently did I was I rewatched uh the old uh old uh, one of the first CG uh computer generated shows uh ever to be on TV ever besides uh reboot was uh Transformers Beast Wars. And uh that was that was definitely a definitely a trip. It was back into back down nostalgia lane for me since that was that was besides like the f- couple VHS tapes that I used to watch of like the uh Generation One Transformers and the the movie that was my real introduction into the Transformers franchise, and it really basically started I, uh kicked me kick started me on the fandom, and I've just been watching every other Transformers related media ever since. So that tells you a lot about how it's still very silly. Like you're the it's definitely definitely a lot of '90s like tone and like silliness and cheese, but. I still love it to death. I
4: have a problem with the storyline and the dialogue. I mean, it's really hard for me to get over <laughs> some of the writing. I don't know.
0: Uh it it definitely shows its age, I think, but I don't know. Maybe that's maybe it's just the fact that I can't take the nostalgia goggles off for it, but it's
4: That's cool though. I mean
0: <laughs> As far as like overall like plot, I think, it definitely It it, it kind of set things in motion, especially for uh, future shows of the franchise, to actually, you know, to try and strive for better dialogue. Because, I mean, when you compare Beast Wars to um, the original show, I mean, the show, the original show definitely had its ups and downs also. But at the same time, there's just, like, this something special about it that you just can't help but love. At least if you're, if you've grown up with it, like I have.
4: What was but, the,
3: what was the movie? Was it Escape to Cybertron? Was that is that what it was called? The
0: um actually the um original movie that came out at that was supposed to like bookend or the uh, original series and kickstart the new one was it was just called Transformers the movie, right, right? And um basically the plot of it was uh basically the the war between the Autobots and the Decepticons has really come to a head. Like the Decepticons have. Pretty much taken over the home world, and uh, the Autobots have to basically fight for it from uh, from the couple different like uh, lunar bases and and planet Earth. But then you know once that all comes to a head, you know Optimus and Megatron have their final showdown, both of uh, a fight which but neither of them walk away from fully and uh, it kills off it basically it killed off a majority of the uh, original series characters as a way of kind of like cleaning the slate so they could uh, release new toys. Yeah. No. I know exactly. <laughs> so many so many tears were shed at Optimus Prime's death <laughs> that like I believe there was a story of a kid locking himself in a closet for days because he was so traumatized.
3: I was traumatized.
0: <laughs> but um
3: so I can't remember the rest of the plot. <laughs>
0: It 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 involves uh you know who's going to be the next Autobot leader after Optimus and then there's this giant big uh, look what it looked to be like a tran at the time a transformer size uh, a transformer the size of a planet that actually went around eating planets and they have to fight him off.
2: And was that voiced by um, uh, uh, or... Orson Welles? That's the one. Yep. I couldn't think of his name. I, I was trying to say Optimus. <laughs>
3: Optimus Wells. <12. laughs> was
2: <Where's> it him? <here? laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that was actually, from what I understand, that was Orson Welles' uh, last role before he passed away.
2: Yeah, which I don't think he he out. looked
0: very. I don't think he was very happy about.
2: No, that was his final words. Why did it have to be Transformers?
0: <laughs>
4: <laughs> I didn't did not know that. <laughs>
2: yeah, wow. it was it was crazy,
0: but regardless, it left a big impression on me as a kid, and I know a lot of for other fans of the series that they still love that movie a lot more than the Michael Bay films.
2: Yeah. Regardless of
0: all the silliness.
3: I just think the Transformers are too complicated. I think that's the problem. I think if there were a, a, a much simpler design, I think they would have had a lot more, you know, sort of grown kids on board.
2: Yeah. But there's going to be a, a Transformers cinematic universe, don't forget. Ah, <sighs> Yeah. Because there, there has to be
0: because Michael Bay is gonna keep making the movies until he no he no longer has the money to until he has no more money in which to fund them.
2: Then he'll go to Kickstarter. <laughs> and my friend will give him all the money.
0: Oh no, please, no. It needs Wait. to end. It needs to end.
2: I don't think Michael Bay
3: will ever go to Kickstarter. I think that's uh that, that's that's a non starter.
2: Mm-hmm. Bub Bub.
3: See what he did there. <laughs> Hey, listen, I, I've not been engaged in the conversation for a while. My brain's been sort of floating elsewhere.
4: Sorry. I'm
3: sort, of, I'm sort of listening to a radio show.
4: I can talk about it. It's, it's interactive. It's, yeah.
0: It's, interactive. it's like a
2: video
4: game. It's uh, pretty cool,
2: an interactive radio show. Yeah. Someone make that game. You uh, just tell the DJ to shut up. <laughs> be like, no, play another song. <laughs> yeah.
0: i thought that was was um <laughs> i thought that was pandora <laughs>
4: click yeah
0: <laughs> but um anyways moving away from transformers as much as i love that and would love to keep talking about it because i'm an obsessive fan um that's great there's another uh, <laughs> sorry um, no, it's great the other uh series that i've been trying to um I'll watch is an anime series uh called uh this this title is really silly so bear with me uh my called my romantic comedy uh snafu my high school romantic comedy snafu
2: yes i've heard of it
0: and uh, i'm watching the first season right now and um i'm hoping to get you know watch that write a review on the first season then uh follow that up with the watching the second season because i uh i heard a lot of it was getting popular you know recently so i thought i'd check it out and it's very, very interesting. It's very different than any other kind of like romantic comedy, slice of life anime that I've seen. At least it's with the way it handles its uh, main characters and its dilemmas. It's very. It seems very smart. At least the way it's written, which has really impressed me so far. So I'm looking forward to seeing how that uh, that continues to build.
2: Uh-huh.
0: Cool. Especially uh- since the. Uh, um, I'm sorry to cut you off there, but. Um, I like looked between the differences between the first season animation and the second season animation because apparently it got exchanged between two different studios and directors for the two different seasons, and my god, the difference is oh, it's like night and day.
2: Good difference, or is one a lot? Is the second one a lot better? Or
0: the the second one, at least from what I've seen, seems leagues better. Aha! Uh-huh. Like. The motion's a lot more fluid and more like realistic.
2: Perhaps it's the first series of success; they got a bit more money for the second series.
0: That's what I'm. That's what I'm guessing because it like I, it, it still boggles my mind how they go from something you know the the first season of animation from what I've seen so far is is good. It's definitely like your basic you know just basic animation style, and then then you get to the second season, and it's just like, it just shoots the. The budget seemed to shoot through the roof because they were able to like animate this whole sequence in the uh, very first episode of this. Uh, the two female leads singing in a singing a song in a band, and it just it was just so beautiful to watch because it just seemed so natural.
2: Cool. Uh, were you talking about um, Transformers? Um, about and it was from people who did reboot, wasn't it? Yeah. Mainframe. mainframe. Are you aware about the reboot reboot?
0: I am not and now that I know it I want to know everything about it please. <laughs>
2: um they're doing it's I think they're doing it as part they were doing it as part of an anniversary. Um and it is a sequel actually. Obviously it's fun to say it's a reboot reboot but technically it's not. It's a sequel. Um and I think it's about um it's obviously set like twenty years after or whatever, and I think it's about some, and they're trying to update it a bit. So I think it's got ordinary teenagers from the real world going into mainframe. Was it?
0: Yeah, mainframe was the name of the the, the city that they lived in, and in the, in, in the computer.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that's basically the setup, and it's supposed to be. I know that it's going to be on Canadian TV. Other than that. I'm not sure if it's got any got any distribution elsewhere, but I'm sure it will do.
0: Somewhere. Oh, I certainly hope so because I would love to see that. Especially the I I wonder if they're gonna pull like a, a Tron, Tron Legacy kind of thing where it's like, you know, now the technology's upgraded, like you know, how different mainframe's gonna look as opposed to how it would look it looked back in the you know the original show.
2: Yeah, but if you want to know a little bit more about that, then you can do a little search on a website that is known as animation of course um, we, we did report a story on that when it was announced so
0: I'll have to I have to search back through the uh, through the articles and see if I can find it yeah
4: a lot of good reading
0: <laughs> yeah I'll be busy yeah. and the only other thing that I've uh, that I got to see recently that I want to make a quick mention to um, in the video game world is um, I got to see a bit of uh, Batman Arkham Knight
2: Oh right,
0: yeah, Mm. yeah, and and, it 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 just hits all the right notes as far as if you want to like not just a good game but like a good Batman related story, it just hits all the right points. And I am I haven't played through the whole thing yet, but I've gotten a good way through, and shivers, just shivers.
4: (laughs) Oh, that's excellent. I'm still waiting for the last installment of uh, Life is Strange or for the fourth installment, rather.
0: Yeah, so am I, especially with the, <laughs> the cliffhanger that I know that I they know. ended on.
4: <laughs> oh, it's <was> good. <laughs> <laughs> yep.
0: <laughs> will wait and see. Wait and see how they decide to tackle that.
2: Okay, so that's everything, Rachel? Yep, that's it. Okay, uh, I if you've got anything you've been watching recently?
4: Well, um, I've been catching up on... Huh? I've been catching up on some of the early animation, uh, silent animation clips, because um, I'm finishing a post and um, taking. So I've been sort of studying them and taking notes because you can, you know, re-watch them through the Library of Congress. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's it's really they're fascinating. I mean, you know, it's to watch stuff that's was was created before body mechanics was really invented. You know, um, some of it. I mean, some of it's kind of hard to watch, <laughs> but it's fascinating because it's just, uh, it's a testament to ingenuity and science and creativity and, um, and well, and a throwback to vaudeville, I suppose. It's really fascinating, but I'm doing a lot of extra research to make up for the, the um, amount of time it's <laughs> taken it for me to put this together, so...
2: And that is for um, it will be on animationforadults.com, dot com. Just so you know, it will. Just a little plug there. Yeah, don't have to read it. Uh, yeah, there'll
4: be lots of links.
2: Yay! So there'll be some watching to go with it. So yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Value. Perfect. Yeah. Extra value. <laughs> yeah, and it won't cost you a penny. It's amazing. For the entertainment, Even people. better. Even better. Unless you count, you know, the electricity or or the the bandwidth you're using or whatever i'm all right but we're not charging you <laughs> yeah that's that's nothing to do with us and <laughs> um, is that is that it for you
4: Evon? um yeah pretty much um i mean i've been watching that and of course going through um some of the movies uh from some of the people that at who participated in the Edinburgh international festivals uh, animation lab and you'll be posting links to their portfolios and things in the show notes <gasps> but um i've been watching a bunch of that stuff too <laughs> going through uh, people's stuff and uh, some really talented animators out there and producers and directors
2: mm-hmm. uh Michael, you said you don't really watch a lot of animation, <laughs> so uh, <laughs> so I'm going to have to ask you to leave. And, uh, <laughs> not really.
3: only kidding. No, um, I, I mean, I, I can only think of I mean, any. Uh, we, I watched, um, this was, again, part of the animation lab. Um, we saw Adam Elliott's uh, new um, mm-hmm. short film, uh, Ernie Biscuit. It was the one after Max and Mary um but it's it's a, a much shorter one um i think it's probably about the same length as uh harvey crumpet uh the one that he won his oscar for and um yeah it was it was fascinating listening he, because he was he attended and spoke a lot about it um and just listening to the the whole rigmarole of making a feature-length um film animated film and how he uh he, he he wasn't allowed to, to animate. He basically had to direct because of the scale of it. Um, and it was, a, I don't know if traumatic is the right word, but it was a <laughs> certainly, a, a, you know, an intense experience for him. And he kind of uh, came away from it and basically locked himself away and, and worked on Ernie Biscuit. And um, so we managed to see that. And, you know, it was, uh, it was, it was, it was, it was it's always nice to hear about the pain and turmoil that goes with making these things and, um, but I know I thoroughly enjoyed Honey Biscuit and just really, really sort of a much more simplified um, approach just to the animation as much as anything because of the just the logistics of it um, but it was nice to kind of see him kind of creating the things that, you know or seeing something that he enjoyed creating Um um, uh, but yeah, certainly <clears throat> I would recommend. I don't know if it's. I, I'm not sure what the sort of release um, sort of schedule or how how it works with that. But um, I would uh, I would certainly recommend that. The only other thing I would say is I, I I was on Netflix and really have run out of everything I want to watch on Netflix. And um, and uh, How to Train Your Dragon. I thought it was the second um, film, and and it was. Um,
2: it was one of
3: the shorts yeah and and as soon as the intro sequence started I had to turn it off um, so,
2: <laughs> so it was like yeah,
3: that'll do uh, so
2: yeah so you know what I was saying about the TV series basically yeah I mean
3: it's it, a TV series are TV series you know there's, yeah. I think when your expectation is high it's uh yeah, never, never watch uh, the sort of spin-off. Uh, but so yeah, that's that's pretty much it to be honest. I, I've recently just got internet in my flat or apartment if you're in America, and I still don't have a TV. And uh, yeah, that kind of works for me <laughs> in many ways. Um, but yeah, I would, but certainly uh, check out Only Biscuit if you're uh, you know if you have the opportunity. I don't
2: like that. I think that's part of the problem with short films. is like where to see them quite often.
3: Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's what I was saying earlier. It's, it just seems there isn't a the platform to to view these things, uh, and uh, it, there's there's just so much incredible talent, you know, out there that will we'll never make it to the big screen, and um, you know, it really needs to be recognised. And some, you know there is really you know it's it's just this phenomenal phenomenal amount of um you know material that people should see um that's the trouble with um uh, well it's not maybe the trouble with the festival circuit but um you know you really have to go out of your way to to hunt them down and yeah. uh, and, and i you know there has to be some other way of you know getting these to the viewer but um Maybe one day. Maybe I know there are sort of a few short film sort of uh, platforms, but uh, I think you know there's certainly more of a mainstream possibility. So
2: there's actually a Kickstarter on at the moment. Um, there's a guy in America who does something called the Animation Show of Shows. That's
0: right. Yeah, I'm uh, reading that article
2: that you wrote yeah. about that. And it's about. Basically it's about taking shorts around it's what he's trying to do he's trying to it's in America obviously, so not much good to us uh but um he wants to take uh short films on the road basically so to show them on the big screen it
3: makes sense well they i mean it's it, it, it's a tough one um because you're dealing with so many individuals as well and so many separate you know it must be a nightmare uh, trying to coordinate right. um you know, especially if they're just small production companies or whatnot. not. Um, but, it, if, yeah, it would it would make sense, you know. Yeah, still I mean, worth, it's,
0: it's definitely a... worth doing. Sorry. For
3: sure. It's, but also, as, as there are more and more platforms and more and more channels and more and more, you know, content is something that is always in demand and, and uh, especially sort of quality content, you know, there's so much filler. Um, the, you could you know you you would need to have people in place who could actually uh program it because you know there's right. there's such a variety um, but you know there's there are plenty of slots to be filled
4: yeah, yeah. there's um the uh spike and mike's twisted animation show or festival <laughs> that travels around i mean there's really, there aren't too many models it seems like um for the filmmakers to sort of make any kind of revenue off it but um, I know that exists. I had a short film in it, and then there's also a, a cool little program at um, uh, the Coolidge Corner Theater um, in Boston, and they sometimes, well, basically, if you if film is selected, it will show in, in front of uh, different, you know, feature film, whatever happens to be playing.
3: I mean, they, just, they should just be standard. They should bring it. I back know. So well. I agree.
4: I agree. And it's,
3: it's, it's just such a short slot, you know, you're really yeah. not putting people, you know, you're not, there's, you know, people will sit through it, basically.
4: Oh, totally. I mean, I've definitely enjoyed it. There are a couple theatres around here. I mean, the art theatres will sometimes uh, throw in a short film and it's always like, oh, wow, I've, you know, would have never seen that. <laughs> definitely, there
3: definitely needs to be some sort of quality control. I'm not mm-hmm. talking about a universal standard, but you <laughs> need, it needs to be well considered you know Mm -hmm. Uh, you know it needs to fit with what's coming and you know there's uh, I mean from from just from the other week in Edinburgh we we watched um, the McLaren um, animation awards and it's such a variety and you know everybody's everybody has an opinion about what's good and what's bad but um, I, I just think just a little bit of you know, considered programming would, uh, you know, you could you could sit for hours watching short films. You really could.
0: Yeah, that sounds like a great way to spend an afternoon. Yeah, <laughs> and
3: you know, they're just complete little things. You just it's they're they're satisfying in their own right, and That's right. you multiple <laughs> moments of
2: satisfaction. And, and if you don't like one, there's another one along in a minute. Exactly. Yeah.
4: <laughs> I was just going to say that. <laughs>
2: Exactly. Skip. <laughs> Skip that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I that.
4: Wonder, Go ahead. Sorry.
2: I wonder if it would, there'd be any. What would happen if, like, someone like Netflix started putting on, shorts? I wonder if.
3: I I think you'd find it. It would be incredibly popular. Um mm-hmm. I, I I would so. Well, I'm I'm very biased, but um, I, it it would need to be presented in the right manner yeah
2: that'd be the trouble trying to get people to discover it yeah
0: mm-hmm. or maybe you could do something like uh say similar to like a what a uh, a tsunami block where you have uh like you say you already have an established channel and then you'll have like a, a particular block of time dedicated to animated short films and you'll show new ones new ones every uh every time you air the block
3: yeah absolutely
0: yeah but you,
3: you could it, it could be i mean you could have a show that the, you know or, uh, yeah, that the, the, the has, you know, a, yeah, a tailored, uh, you know, a themed... Um, uh, sort of like group like
4: Spotify? <laughs> like Spotify <laughs> uh, groupings of uh, different... Maybe, maybe,
2: uh, maybe not.
4: <laughs> uh, whatever works, I mean, <laughs> I think that'd be fine.
2: There are actually a few, like, Um, things kind of like the block idea in the UK that are on like at four o'clock in the morning or something on on channel four, you'll get, you'll get like a, um, there'll be several shorts in a row or whatever. They've, they've done different festivals and themes and things like that (laughs) because, um, channel four, they, they have some license fee funding so that they have to do things like that and they and it's, it's all, like, in the middle of the night or whatever, but it's better than nothing.
4: There's um, there's a Real 13 as well here. Um, channel 13's, or, well, I don't know all because the channels, but the public station um, channel has a Real 13 festival. But it's kind of weird, though. Like, it's sort of a popularity contest, and you can vote, vote multiple times <laughs> across different mm-hmm. devices, and it get, gets a little bit insane (laughs) but if your film wins then it's broadcast um you know in a in a block of shorts
2: cool well i think that's probably a good place for us to segue into our chat about the edinburgh film festival animation lab so uh everyone uh mike over to you if you'd like to say (laughs) basically (laughs) what's that i said you go (laughs) (laughs) yeah like (laughs)
4: <laughs> I thought <we're, laughs> I'd like to pass the mic. Um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, how did you find out about it? So, if I wanted to ask about, how did you find out about this particular film lab? Uh, you uh, know for it's me, going? it was a yeah. friend. Oh, go uh, <laughs> oh, <God>,
4: please, please.
3: <laughs> no, it was it was a friend who uh, um, sort of passed it on to me and said, "Look, you should uh, you know have a look at this," um, and. To be honest, I didn't really know an awful lot about it. Um it started last year, um so it's only in its second year. Um and I, I, I thought, well, they they selected uh twenty um applicants from the UK and and uh internationally. Um and um
2: twenty altogether. Yeah, in
3: total, although there were wow. I think there were eighteen on uh, on, mm. on our one. But um and so it's like, okay, and, and you have to pay for it. <laughs> it's like, okay, this sounds <laughs> like if you get selected it might be quite good. Um and as I mean I, I as an independent sort of animator, um, I I primarily work alone and oh well, I work with occasionally I bring people in, but um my you know, I, I, I feel sort of limited to a certain degree because of the work that I can take on and the work that comes in. And I've always wanted to expand some of my work, um, certainly some of my some of my own personal um, projects that I'm working on. And um, I, I really had a lot of questions about taking it to the next level, learning more about the industry, learning. Just I just had a lot of questions. And um, and the the Animation Lab is a three day long event at, um, just towards the end of the the Edinburgh Film Festival, um, and. You, they're very intense days. They're three, um, you know, packed um, sort of days where you, where we have, you know, the the group sort of meets each other and they get to know each other. Uh, most of them are animators. We had a few producers. and um, But there were organized talks uh, by, um, we had, as I said before, Adam Elliott, uh, Barry Purvis, um, you know, people who, you know, pretty high-up... in in that in their own sort of spheres and and there there was also a lot of talk about production you know i think by the end of it everybody realized yeah we need a producer we never knew what they were but (laughs) now that you need a producer um and i think a lot of people were looking to get to sort of take a step up and work on a bigger project um and yeah so for the uh for those three days, we, you know, they really packed a lot in, and and by the end of it, I certainly had all of the questions that I had answered, and 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 many more. Um, but yeah, it was just a just a friend, and, and that's how I applied. I mean, they want to let you uh, sort of uh, tell your own story.
4: Yeah. No. I mean, I. I to be honest, I... Really no, I mean it was must have been listed somewhere because I read about it and I thought, well that sounds great, you know. um, I applied and forgot about it um, and went along my business and uh, yeah. I mean as soon as I, I mean it was a little bit more expensive for me because of the exchange rate and everything, so I had to get over there. (laughs) So you know I had to get a plane ticket and stuff, and um, but as soon as I um, found out that I could participate I mean I was like get me over there <laughs> and it was uh it was really wonderful it was well worth it I mean you know it, really after even the first day I was sending out emails you know encouraging animators uh directors that I know to to apply because uh it's a fantastic program it really is um it's just you know it's it's nice to I mean I said I spoke to this a uh, little bit last podcast but um, you really it was validating and and yeah i mean it just kind of shows you that um you're you're not you know you're a little bit isolated sometimes working in your studio um kind of you know doing your work and uh you know it's nice to know that other people are sort of doing the same thing and now we we have this uh, little network it's great really terrific program
0: that's awesome um what would you say for both of you if i have just one other question um was there a particular uh Talk or uh, event that while you were there that really like resonated with you or stood out.
3: I mean, I, I don't think there was one. I think all of it was uh, incredibly inspirational and valuable. I mean, I couldn't. There were the, diff, you know, there were certain. Uh, it really covered many aspects of um, the animated world, you know, and
4: mm-hmm.
3: I think a lot of people came with questions, not some. It really didn't focus on technique or you know content. It was more about um, how it really works, and that that was um, you know the the it was really covered well. Um, the, I mean, there were certain certain talks that we had, the and films that I saw, um, I, and I've sort of mentioned this before, but learning, you know, understanding or you know. Hearing that people at the top of their game are going through exactly the same thing as you are, and it never ends. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's just just, you signed up for it. You are gonna have to deal with this all the time. Um, But but the one thing that I would say is that I came away from it loving animation again. Mm -hmm. And prior to that, I you know I you you try and work out you know especially if you're working by yourself you have to you know wear many hats and um you, you know trying to work out how to get to the next stage how do you make how do you get your thing commissioned or how do you get funding to develop it or and, and uh you know all of these different things all of these things that you have to that you, you just accept um you know i think by the end of it it was like right i have got lost in trying to visualize and it is essential as well that you you try and work out how you get things made um, it's not that you know it's you have the capability the technical ability to do to create the story to create the characters to build it to to the movement everything um, but to to actually get to a point where you can you know really really make it you have to focus heavily on the the financial aspects the the logistics um, and I'd kind of of got caught up in a lot of that and so yeah. it was lovely to actually be reminded that it's an art form and um, and the, and sort of taken back to the, the real sort of the drawing board pardon the pun but you know or the reasons why you you, you got into it in the first place and you now I came away totally invigorated and really focused and determined to to make the things I want to make.
4: Definitely. I mean, and, and that's the thing. I, I, mean, yeah. It was it was it's like it was bittersweet to leave, but um, because it's such a, a was cool little best. intensive bubble. <laughs> What's that? Yeah, me too. Me too. Oh, so much. And um, but at the same time, you're just amped. Yeah. To make quality work, and that's all you think about. And and I and it really. I mean, it seems like everyone sort of came away from it with that. And, and the thing is, I mean, even after the first day, we, we did this little um, meet and greet where everyone sat in a circle and sort of moved around. It was like, like, like a speed dating thing or something where you have 15 minutes with each person and um, everyone brought questions for one another I mean we really everyone just took so much out of it just just from, from the participants you know and and, uh, and so like the guest speakers and everyone who, particip- who participated um, and really gave back and were very generous and um, uh, I don't know that was just an extra it was cake you know <laughs> it was really terrific I, th- I
3: think you also came away realising you you managed well. You, you had to define what it was you did. You know mm-hmm. you, uh, you had especially when you had to meet lots of people and explain what you do. I I, I mean I I found that I don't really have to do that, and I kind of you know my understanding of what it is I do um, isn't you know is not something I've ever really had to nail down and you know <laughs> uh, you know uh, convince other people that. I I do it. <laughs> but,
0: that's a real uh, challenge. It is.
4: It's true. It's true. Yeah. Well, because you get and you get sort of, it's the nature of well doing everything yourself too. You sort of like take on all these extra responsibilities, and then the next thing you know, you're sort of rolling along, going, um, "Okay, what exactly is it that's going on here? <laughs> like, how maybe I need some restructuring? Yeah. It, it was just. It was a priceless. Uh, Experience. I I
3: think my perspective on uh, what I do changed mm-hmm. massively, and I realised the the approach that I need to take, and the the sort of the the flaws in my approach prior to it. Um, and it, yeah, it was a, a restructuring of thought as much as anything. Um,
4: Definitely. And and just
3: just to me the you know. I, I, we've touched on it before, but just to meet people who do the same thing, especially when it's such a, a solitary um, pursuit. And, mm-hmm. um, and you know, you go back to not being alone, but you go back to your space where you focus just on, you know, the work you have to do. And um, it, it, yeah, it, it gave you hope. <laughs>
4: <laughs> That's right.
3: <laughs> I'd say that. It gave you realism realism as well because you you also understood or right, so certainly from a European perspective, because we we rely a lot on funding and um I know in america it's it's quite a different setup but um you know and and how funding has drastically been cut, which is just the nature of all of the economical sort of changes um of, yeah. Sort of repercussions, at least. Um, but I think that's been—it's been happening for a long time, and uh, we were shown many different ways, uh, or you know, we were um, in which to get funding. You know, the the people that who gave well, the people who gave talks, and um, it wasn't just, a, yeah, this is a big studio, you know, production that we worked. At. It was, you know, going. Um, everyone touched on it in the last podcast uh, about Simon's Cat. And how that's been crowdfunded. Um, and, and you know, there are just many different ways. Um, well, there are many different ways to to make what you want to make. Um, but the landscape's changed massively in the last 10 years. And, you know, you really have to be aware and ad- adapt and mm-hmm. be aware of what it is you're making um, and who your audience is um, and you know, and it may not be one uh, route; it may be multiple routes that you use to fund uh, what you want to do. But uh, it, it was, yeah, it's um, it was it was reassuringly, you know, um, grounding. That's <laughs> true. Yeah, ground, you know, grounding
4: is a good word. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm going to uh, <laughs> I'm going to a panel on uh, alternative distribution platforms um, tomorrow. I'll l- let you know. <laughs> oh, <No>, seriously? <laughs> yeah, I'll let you know what I find out if I find out anything new.
2: Cool. Oh, yeah, <laughs> nifty. Uh, so, did you did you like make relations like working relationships with people that you think you might be work interested in? Collaborating with in the future, yeah either. right here right now uh, yeah, definitely
4: hundred yeah, uh,
3: percent certainly I wouldn't be speaking to you <laughs> <right>. <laughs> but uh, they, uh, there there were many um, and and also I think you've, uh, one of the things that I realised is that there people are open to being approached and um, certainly even if you know pr- big production companies uh, I, I know it was a very specific environment we were in and they were encouraging um, but my you know now I'm like well you know I, I don't really have the same fear I would have had about getting in touch with somebody you know getting sending my stuff through to uh, you know a production company or um but the, also it's the nature of the beast animation takes a long time and it's about many relationships and you uh Maybe not tomorrow, but you know, someday you'll uh, you might go. Actually, I'm gonna get in touch with you know X, Y, or Z. <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely. And uh, yeah, it's it, who knows? I mean, it's uh, it's it's only just happened, um, and the, you know, hopefully there'll be many fruitful relationships.
4: Yeah, I think so. Definitely. I mean, yeah, you definitely came away with a sense of clarity. Um, at least I know I did that I didn't have before.
2: It's beautiful. <laughs> yeah,
4: seriously. <laughs> I mean, it's. I still get a little choked up. It's still like, <laughs> it was. Yeah, it was something. Yeah, I mean,
3: I, 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 we are still, you know, riding the wave a bit. But I, <laughs> if any, if anyone's listening to this and they are an animator or producer or whatever involved in the, the 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 industry in some way it's i would say it's an invaluable experience um mm-hmm. if you can um get get yourself on it and yeah apply. Um, It's it it's just a beau- it's a it was almost like a holiday as well even though th- there was a lot going on it was uh it was nice to just unplug and and really immerse yourself with people who love the same things and do the same things and um yeah if you find out more
4: <laughs> <laughs> there will be a link in the show notes yeah um, <laughs> how, far in advance,
2: <laughs> how far in advance did you have to apply so that if anyone is listening and they're thinking aha <laughs> i want to get in that how I,
3: I think it was only a few months to be honest yeah yeah it, it wasn't like a you know Sort of applying to get in a film festival, and it was, uh, yeah. I mean, I I can't honestly remember, but it wasn't. It was pretty quick the whole process from submitting the application to um, learning you you know getting accepted, and then uh, I'd say maybe two or three months.
2: That sounds. Yeah, right. I I feel like Yvonne you said to me like that you've just been accepted like at some point when you were writing for the site, so it can't oh. have been that that can't have been that far long ago, can it? So
4: Good point. I think, uh, I think
2: yeah, I think it must be pretty quick.
4: It's all so... a blur
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Well especially after everything you just you just went through. It just like it's hard to think back that far after the the kind of experience you sound like you both had while you were there. Yeah.
4: It was Kind of life altering in a lot of ways. I mean, just honestly.
0: We really are <laughs> selling it, aren't we?
4: <laughs> yeah, we really are. <laughs>
3: Good. You should get a sponsorship deal going
2: here. Make yeah. uh, a little bit on the side. Yeah. Uh, Edinburgh International Film Festival Animation Lab. Oh, yeah. 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 Dot com. don't know <laughs> <laughs> if it is a dot,
3: dot com, by. Probably
4: it's dot org. <laughs> uh
3: no I would I mean, I think just the film festival in its own right is um is certainly worth promoting because of yes. and I, I keep banging on about the the short film thing and but I, I it was uh I I I think what really struck me was the the reaction of the the, the speakers um and just how they how humble they were um, I think that's probably uh, the trait of an animator, anyway. Um, but they, you know, they they were they kind of felt like frauds almost. Um, you know, they felt like, well, why am I here? I'm not sure why I'm, you know. And <laughs> um, and I, I think most people who create stuff, you know, they never they don't have the same objective perspective on their on the work that they make. Um, and so you know they they're always thinking oh, i could make something better and you know uh i keep going back to barry purvis um but i mean <laughs> he's he's 60 now and has made you know a, a phenomenal body of work but never got to make a feature film and he felt that he was second rate because he uh he, he never had that opportunity to make the thing that he really wanted to make and you know but you look back at his stuff and you're like well, i mean this is just beautiful you know it's uh it's phenomenal work, uh, but that's the nature of creative people. You've you're never finished. I think that's it. If you're finished, you know, if you're satisfied with your last, you know, with what you've made, then you know, pack it in, basically.
0: What was this gentleman's <laughs> name? Just say one more time.
3: Barry Purvis. Uh, How you spell
0: that? How you spell that?
4: A
3: Barry, <laughs> and then <laughs> Purvis is P-U-R-V-E-S um, I, I check out. Um, Oh, what was the one? Um Screenplay. It's um it's sort of based on Japanese theatre. Uh but oh. it's uh, it's stunning. It's he's stop motion. Um I,
4: I was gonna ask about medium. He well oh, he's
3: he's predominantly stop motion.
4: Uh we yeah, I, we spoke about his stuff a little bit um last podcast and I, I spaced on the name, but um Dan was talking about Plume which yeah. was the uh short that he that he'd seen. Okay.
3: I would say uh, screenplay and Tchaikovsky are the mm-hmm. two that I would strongly recommend um, from from his his body of work.
0: All right, thank you. I will I will definitely get looking at that this week. <laughs> if I can f- see if I can find anything, because like you said, the hardest thing about the hardest thing about short films and and animation is it's hard to find it's hard uh, to find them within the sea of information.
3: I think I mean. I, I think he's probably got some DVDs knocking about and somewhere on YouTube, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. It's, yeah, I know
0: there's a lot of short films make it on, at least on YouTube. That's where I remember I first started watching a whole bunch of them. But,
1: I think uh, there's,
3: there's a move, uh, there was, I can't remember the name of, of the animator, but he uh, is, uh created a film and, you know, people can sell through Vimeo and whatnot. And, you know, I think... I think he was selling his for like two pounds uh, or oh, like um, three dollars uh and you know that there are there are you just once again you just have to be creative about how you make money as as much as you have to be creative about making the thing that you make
4: um, right.
3: and, and there are there are many ways of doing it that's the that's the thing um you just uh it just doesn't stop when you finish the film it's uh Obviously, depending on the level you're working at, uh, but certainly if you're and the majority are working on small productions, um, you know. And one of the other things that came out uh, of that was it needs to be excellent. You know, it needs Mm -hmm. to be it needs to excel, and Mm -hmm. uh, you really you know. And that and that got me thinking. I was like, I I need to up my game. (laughs) <laughs> and yeah because if that, that's just the nature of of the whole industry you know it, it needs to be popular well not necessarily you know but it needs to um you, you need to have an audience and if mm-hmm. you don't make something engaging then the, you know there's you you're going to be struggling
4: yeah and it, I mean, yeah, really. The people who uh, participated—I mean, the quality of work that that I saw in in these reels—I mean, my goodness! I mean, that was another thing that really sort of charged you up, you know? It's like I wanted to just get home and get working. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> that work to do. <laughs> <laughs> There's always work to do, but at least it, it's it's very fortunate that you know you do something that you love to do. And that's on. And like I said, it's always good to be able to share ideas when uh, inspiration with other like-minded individuals. So it's that's very. Uh,
3: it's it's a love hate relationship. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, the number of times people say, "Well, you know, at least it's something that you love." Uh, it's yeah, it, it, it you know it fluctuates. That's for sure. But, yeah,
0: uh, I think that could be that can be said with almost any. Diff-
3: for sure absolutely kind of
0: art at least if you if you're if you feel very passionate if you're very passionate about that art when the thing is the, the thing is with when you feel passionate about something it is both love and hate and yeah. it, you can say that about any art form
3: yeah That's absolutely that.
2: yeah the thing is i think when you're working on an animation or a film or whatever you get to a point when you've been working on it at a certain point that you would be like i hate this this is the worst thing i've ever <laughs> yep like, what am i doing i want to tear it up. it's terrible <laughs> this is
0: all wrong it's not how i pictured it it should be but you keep
3: going back right <laughs>
0: yeah
2: because it's keep going
0: through <laughs> no, I, it reminds well, I... me of this one line that i remember it was in this one movie i forget what it was is that it's a little ideas that tickle and nag and refuse to go away are basically what was the figure it was a really cheesy line but it was like it was like in those ideas are the seeds of destiny. Blah 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 blah. I forget what movie it was, but it was it was a it was a cute line.
2: Nice. I, I don't know if it it might have been someone from Pixar or someone who says that you don't finish animation; you just abandon it. <laughs> you just get to a certain point where you go. Ah, blah.
3: Well, that, that's where we where we learned about the role of the producer. And, that's right. Um, for anybody who. I guess, because I was like a producer, was a producer, um, <laughs> um, but you know, a producer basically gets the money <laughs> and very important. Sure, very important. Uh, make uh, make sure that everybody involved is doing the jobs that they need to be doing, and you know, a good producer will, apart from having immense, you know. Uh, personal, well, just having good relationship skills um, will allow everybody to do their job and focus on their job. And, uh, you know, that was, uh, that was yeah, that, that was a revelation.
4: Yeah, it was a revelation, I, yeah. I mean, yeah, I couldn't stop talking about that either. <laughs> I think
2: that's true in general. People just don't know what producers do. They just know they're somehow important yeah apparently they're they're one <laughs> of the like but the
0: uh, one of the major individuals when it comes to making any kind of film but they it's like besides you know the idea that they get the money for the film it's they don't really know if they're the, you know what the role they serve besides that like yeah. it's the they're the three important uh major facets of filmmaking is the director producer and then of course the editor the, the head well, editor well
4: the thing is i mean i th- definitely writer. yes of course um I mean, I've definitely, uh, you know, understood the role of the producer while working in studios and, and been thankful and, and thought, you know, I just thought they were amazing. I mean, they sort of control the tap, too, a lot of times, you know, and you can, they can buy you extra days and stuff. It's just that um, as a producer would relate to my own um you know, little <laughs> one-person studio. <laughs> That's where I, I don't know. Like, sort of a light bulb um, went off, and I thought, "Oh, right, right," because I'm, I'm, I'm doing this professionally. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> you know, I don't know. I mean, that, that sounds silly, probably, but um, I don't know. Again, it was just, uh, it was, it was a revelation. I mean, a light bulb sort of went off, and I thought, "Oh, yeah, you can uh, partner up." <laughs> with people, yeah, <laughs> help get things done.
3: <laughs> I, I think that's one of the problems when you are an individual creating animation, I, and again, with you know, this applies to all many fields. But um, when you're so used to doing it all by yourself, um, I think when you, it's very hard to let go, especially if yes. it's your vision, your every, you know, it's it's your baby. The the producer is like a parent. <laughs> they, they they basically allow the kids to, you know, run wild and, uh, you know. Give them, but obviously give
0: them the lunch money and, you know, make sure yeah. they get to school
3: okay. <laughs> but going back to the point about, you know, there's a time when you have to stop. Um, and you know, that's what a producer does as well. They basically say, right, no more. We're done with this. <laughs> We're moving on to the next thing. And you, it's so hard to do if it's just yourself.
2: Mm-hmm yeah it's often good just to have another person to if you're if you're doing everything yourself you just need the perspective of someone else and someone okay. who's who's less well less in your head basically yeah <laughs> really
0: because when you're just it, it, it's really when you just stay on the like like you guys were saying that when you're just staying like that you know you don't seem to grow but once you once you do go out with other people and you talk and you share ideas and perspectives and then you know, like you said a light bulb goes off, and you're just like, okay, well, it's time to get back to work because I know what I'm missing now.
4: You right.
3: also realize that you, you, maybe you don't have to work so hard. <laughs> uh-huh. you don't have to work seven days a week. <laughs> you, know, you can pass all of this on to other people. That's mm-hmm. you know suddenly yeah. that becomes appealing, and, you don't um,
4: have you, to struggle. <laughs>
3: <but> <laughs> you always have to struggle, Yvonne. <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Well, it's called being an artist. <laughs> yeah.
4: But, but yeah, I just, yeah, I did definitely felt, I feel a lot less bogged down by, um, by things that I did before. Again, I think it was really just clarity of, in a uh, sort of organization, sort of knowing what I need to do next.
2: Was there anything else at, basically, at the whole, the whole event that you saw that you really wanted to talk about, either of you?
3: Edinburgh Castle? Oh, uh, <laughs> okay.
2: Beautiful
4: city.
3: <laughs> we're now working for the tourist board. Yeah,
2: yay! <laughs> Plugs. L- lots of seagulls. I think you said of Oh my god! Yeah, lots Jeez, of giant seagulls. Huge. Giant seagulls. <laughs>
4: the size of small dogs.
2: Jeez, that's so, scary. I thought you were trying <laughs> to get sell people in Edinburgh. <laughs>
0: It's a terrifying
4: place. Come to place. Denver!
0: There are seagulls <laughs> the size of your dog. Gi-
4: giant castles, giant seagulls, <laughs> screaming seagulls. <laughs> um, <laughs>
2: lots of film festivals, lots of history. Yeah, <laughs> All that good stuff. <laughs> yeah, Come
0: visit today!
2: yeah edinburgh.
4: Oh. <laughs> edinburgh was beautiful i mean i really i i was uh, sincerely I, I had a mini heartbreak leaving i was like i really i could have stayed for a little while longer it was uh it was sad to leave it's gorgeous i mean everywhere you turned it was it was it was gorgeous
3: and i, I just well this is, a, this is a i just need to get this in but uh like, a, a, a massive thank you to everybody involved in organizing the event and, you know, the festival, but particularly the animation lab. Um, they were, uh, you know, they were incredibly accommodating and, you know, I, uh, hopefully they'll get funding for it next year um, because it's, it's, you know, it's, it's definitely worth it.
4: it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was a really wonderful program.
2: That's awesome. So, this is. I think I I know the answer. So, you'd both recommend it then? No. No, no. No, for
4: sure,
3: for sure. I
4: can't even do it. I can't even do it. I can't even jokingly say no. Yeah, Uh, nah (laughs) uh No, it's amazing.
2: Okay, <laughs> that was very interesting to hear. Thanks, guys. Thanks very much. <laughs> um, okay, I think that about wraps us up for today. Uh, so I would like to say thanks very much for coming on to, uh, for Michael. Thank um, much. It's been a pleasure having you on. It's very interesting to hear what you've had to say. Uh, would you like to plug your website and stuff?
3: Uh, yeah, it, it's... MJ Colin C O W L I N dot com, and and that's it. I ha- I have a Twitter, but I I have never used it, which is also Colin. Okay. <laughs> um, and that really is the end of my plug.
2: Okay, was that MJ Colin? Yeah. That was the um Twitter. Yeah, that I, think so. I think so. I think so. Well, yeah. yeah, you can follow that even <laughs> if he doesn't use it. I might <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah, follow it if you want. <laughs> Apparently it's not worth it, but I don't know. <laughs>
0: Who knows? Twitter, Twitter takes some getting used to when you first start using it, so
2: maybe one day. Yeah, get in on the ground now, and then when he starts tweeting, then you'll be prepared. Yeah, yeah right? Uh, that's, right? That's what I'm saying. At, at least uh, it's
3: not going to take up too much of your time. But. Uh... No. <laughs>
2: And you can uh, follow me at Mr. Chris on Twitter if you want to. I don't know why, uh, but you can. Uh, and uh, Rachel.
0: Yeah. Uh, as usual, uh, my my Twitter page is uh, Rachel Ward at Fail to Ninja. So follow me if you wish. I will make sure that I'll try to post regularly. I'm, I'm. I don't know. I'm. I'm just as bad as Michael. I'm just like trying to make sure I keep up with everything that's going on. But I'm. I'm getting used to it. I'm, I'm getting the hang of it. <laughs>
4: Yeah. And everyone? I'm on Twitter at iSnare underscore Inc. And uh, definitely, I definitely post stuff. So, <laughs>
2: yeah. uh, And obviously, you can follow us all at AFA blog on Twitter. And you can visit the website at com, And you can also find us on Facebook, Tumblr, and Pinterest. So there's lots of ways to follow us. And Hopefully, by the time you hear this, the um, the podcast will be up on iTunes. Uh, if you like it, you could always leave us a review. If you don't, perhaps just get on with your life <laughs> you mention it again. Just Scary and exciting. On. Yeah, yeah, yeah that'll be fine. <laughs> you know, we don't need to speak of this again. Um, and we will be back next time when we shall be talking about. Song of the sea. Yes. So we will catch you soon. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Uh yeah. Um yeah, the only way I can do this is to come, comp- compen that there. <laughs> is this
3: is this gonna be edited? Uh,
2: this this is this week's official. Compen but I Oh god I'm not even mean, sure what, what the word I don't might even know be, the word I'm saying. no. Compendia? What? <laughs> oh this is gonna be fun to edit again. Um <laughs> When you put things in compartments, compartmentalise. Uh-huh.
3: Yeah.
2: There you go. There we go. The only way I could possibly do this is to come... Oh, bollocks. Listen. <laughs> <laughs>
1: temps will be cooling down and before you know it you'll be turning on your furnace. Before you do turn to the experts at Griffith Energy Services and Carrier. Get an $88 heating system start and check from Griffith to make sure your family stays comfortable all winter long. Griffith specializes in Carrier but services all brands. Visit GriffithEnergyServices.com for this and other exclusive offers. That's GriffithEnergyServices.com License number MDHVACR01-2278 Griffith Energy Services Doggone dependable